Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on September the 19th, 2011. For newcomers, help yourself to the audios which are available for free download at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see a whole bunch of authorized websites too. If you, if you find sticking on one site, try another. And also remember those sites have, apart from the audios, they have transcripts in English, all of them. Uh, for prints up as well. If you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, which is also on the com site. You'll find the link to it there and help yourself to the ones offered. Remember, two, you are the audience that bring me to you. I'm not a business. I'm not uh, building any big empire here. And um, I don't intend to either. I only came out because it was time that someone really got uh, into gear and told the general public what was really going on across the world, not just the navel gazing that people used to do, wondering what was happening inside their own country. They didn't realize it's a global agenda, and that's why I came out in the first place. So anyway, as I say, help yourself. Remember, you have to bring me to you because you're so used to turning me on night after night. You, you don't think that uh, uh, it's like television, basically. You don't think how or ask why or how I, I get by on my end here. I don't bring on advertisers as guests. Uh, I could make a lot of money if I did so. That's how most hosts make their money. And so it's up to you to keep me going. This way I've got more leeway too to, to say what I want to say. And remember, from the U.S. to Canada, you can buy the books I have uh, at cuttingthroughmedias.com by a personal check or an international postal money order from your post office. You can also use PayPal and the buttons on the, the cuttingthroughmedias.com site as to how to do it. Uh, you can uh, also, some, some people send to send cash. And across the rest of the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, PayPal to order and remember, two straight donations are certainly, certainly welcome because as things go down, as I say, most folk tighten their wallets. They'll still spend on their latest games and gadgets and gizmos, and then they're awfully upset when you just go off the air one day. I've watched this happen over the years to others who've tried it the suicidal way, but, uh, which is this way. But uh, regardless, you certainly will have, you'll be limited in your choices of information if that happens. It's up to you. And uh, as I say, um, straight donations definitely are certainly welcome. But help yourself to the books, uh, buy them, because, and if you've got them, buy, get someone else to buy them uh, and pass it around. If they can't understand it, that's tough luck on them, because I bring you outside the box in your way of thinking. And that's what has to happen for you to see the big picture and understand the system in which you're living. This is not a, a system that just tells lies. This is a system that understands how to control populations. It's been doing it for thousands of years. Knowledge is never lost, especially to do with ruling classes. It's simply passed on through archives and taught to their children. And history is always planned in advance. Otherwise, the elite would lose everything uh, along the way. It doesn't happen. You'll notice it doesn't happen even from ancient Rome. What happened to the elite families of Rome? They moved on before it all fell down. And it still happens today. As people leave the U.S., 
and, and even New York and head off elsewhere because they know the country's going down. They've been doing it for years. So this is the, I try to get you into the real understanding of the wealthy elite, intellectual elite too, with archives who do teach their children how to rule the world, how to place them in strategic positions of power in every country, which they do, and bring in this globalist agenda, which is not going to be some wonderful utopia. It's going to be a pure hell on earth because you'll have to produce. Every single one of you will have to produce according to your slave master's wishes. Just today I was looking at an article by uh, Greenspan who's bashing the American people for not working hard enough. He says to bring in lots of the foreigners, open the floodgates to immigration. And that's how the cattle driver sees his cattle. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix where I try to get beyond just the, the, the stories that break out meaning, meaning. They're really side effect stories, I call them side effect of the big agenda. There's lots of side effects and, and terrible tragedies and so on to, to talk about, but you don't see what's really behind it because we're living through a, the great transformation of society as they changes from one system into another system and they've had their, their aim on a global society for a long, long, long time. And uh, this is part of the process. You can't make an omelette without breaking eggs, according to people like Rockefeller. And this is what we're going through right now. You've seen all the broken eggshells all over the places. They make the new omelette. And the, the side effects are all around you with unemployment and pretty well a depression, financial depression going on. And this is all meant to be. It's meant to happen to get everyone on their knees and they'll be quite ready to accept any government proposal uh, which comes along the pike and they'll blow off old charts they've signed long ago and present that to the public as though it's brand new. This is how we're, we're brought along the road. You terrify the public you, and uh, with financial ruin, uh, homelessness, all of these things, and then you offer them the solution, which is always their solution, which just happens to fall right in line with the old agenda. I've talked about this so many times. You've got to go into the societies that run the world. And I'm talking about the parallel government that uh, Professor Carl Quigley talked about. Margaret Thatcher said that she joined it when she retired. She says we all know each other. We've all been prime ministers or presidents across the world. And we have a first-name basis, and we can get things done. They're not responsible to the public anymore. And so they can actually get the agendas rammed through, uh, through different means uh, whereas in, in politics, it would take a while if they were still in politics itself. This is the, the new system that we're in. And the whole world is to be trained into this new system of sustainability is the, one of the cons that they push forward, which means population reduction as well as austerity, which means that you, you'll be, get, you're, you're being taught how to live in a rather low standard uh, as they share our misery across the planet. It's really shared misery they're bringing us into and not bringing the third world just up, but bringing us all into a, a, a point partway down. And believe you me, the first world countries are plummeting as they're meant to plummet because when they signed the free trade negotiations with the Americas and gave so much work to the opening up of Mexico with cheap labor, now they're into Brazil and a few other countries, uh, the Prime Minister of Canada has been down there quite a few times already. Um, every Prime Minister of Canada before him has been down uh, signing agreements with the presidents of Mexico and the U.S. 
to merge the continent into one just like Europe. And if you go into the Council on Foreign Relations' own writings, you'll find that that is the agenda. And it's so odd that uh, before they were called many names, like the CFR or the Royal Institute of International Affairs or the Milner Group or the Cecil Rhodes Society, they were already pushing for the same system in the, in the early 1800s and actually as early as, as the mid-1700s. Karl Marx talked about it in the 1800s, a unified Europe uh, under a, a one government, a unified Americas under one government and one for the Far East as well, and they'd all be subservient to a global government. That's what you're going through. And you'll say, well, why is that? We thought our governments were all conservative or this or No, 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 no. You see, the big boys who run the monetary system run both sides. They own both sides. They created communism. If you go into the writings of Carl Quigley again, who was a historian for the group they helped do it, you'll find that that's just a, a plain fact. So much evidence has come out, since the, especially since the fall of the Soviet Union, as it spread into the rest of the world, because you're now living in the new world Soviet. You'll find that whatever your, your beef happens to be, there's already a ready-made spokesman for you, belonging to an NGO, non-governmental organization, that's paid by big foundations that are part of the parallel government, and they'll do, uh, you're speaking for you. And that's how it works. Communitarianism is a big buzzword. It was first introduced to the public by Bush uh, Sr. And Britain is the first country to actually implement it all on a big scale as supposedly the decentralized government down to a local level. And then big organizations that are heavily funded by tax money and by, again, private uh, foundations like Common Purpose are, are there to take up uh, as, as your, your new commissar of your area. And if you think it's bad right now with all the rules and regulations from your local government, wait, wait till they really get started and you'll have no life at all. This is a system that's been brought in for the whole uh, of the so-called ex-first uh, world countries. Now, as they're doing this too, they're still ramming ahead with the amalgamation of the Americas, as I say, they got so much publicity from 2005 onwards when the, the Prime Minister and the two Presidents would meet together signing these deals, these integration deals, and that's what they are. They're complete integration deals, not just free trade. And, uh, and then when they got so much heat coming back on them, they, they would go down individually to the countries and sign the documents, and then the U.S. President would follow, and he'd sign it, etc. That's how they do it today. And Mr. Harper of Canada has just come back recently after signing some big whoppers of new countries as well, bringing them into the same deal, which means we now have to finance more countries in Latin America to come up to a higher standard as we plummet from ours. That's how it really it works, you see. And eventually the borders are to supposedly uh, disappear, but in the meantime they'll hype it up to such an, a degree uh, with, a, with a hassle at the border right now, which is really restricting trade and travel, uh, that uh, they come out with a new proposal, which is total integration. And the last part, which I've just completed, in fact, is to do with that total integration. Uh, this part here this is from a, a think tank in Canada, and it says uh, the article called a Shared Vision Agreement with the U.S. could impact Canadians' privacy, but it's vice versa as well, by the way. So a scathing new report on anticipated security and trade agreements between Canada and the U.S. reveals personal privacy of Canadians is at risk and there's no guarantees of reducing red tape at the international border for Canadian businesses. 
It says the report's called Share Vision or Myopia, the Politics of Perimeter Security and Economic Competitiveness. It's a PDF. I'll put it up on the website, cuttingthroughmetries.com, at the end of this broadcast. And it says the Shared Vision Approach is the latest in a series of bilateral initiatives since 2001, attempting to deal with American security paranoia in order to ease border restrictions on trade, said Gar Pardee in an Institute news release. But it overlooks the fact that the Fortress America mentality, that was one they signed as well, Fortress America, where Canada, the U.S., and and Latin America would all have a common, uh, basically, fortress system around all the coastlines. It would become one. It's all meant for amalgamation. The report notes that Fortress America mentality, an end product of 9-11, now includes two major and unfinished wars, an erosion of civil liberties, and desire to step into the depths of torture. The new cross-border agreement is expected to be announced within weeks. But you see, they won't tell us right now what it's about. It's so secretive. And it's an extension of the Beyond the Border initiative. That was one of the other ones last February. Beyond the Border, where U.S. Can come up, uh, cops can come up into Canada, vice versa. And it says, that was announced last February, with Canada's elections out of the way, the critical report sheds light on the until now little discussed agreement, noting it will emerge from the shadows and become an issue on the Canadian political agenda. A dual premise declaration in the report uh, states, shared vision is based on Canada giving concessions on issues of security, and on the U.S. premise of border concessions, and what's the agreement's implicit expectation that Canada will make first concessions with no guarantees American concessions will become established. Written by Pardee, who's a foreign, foreign, uh, former foreign service officer and CIA liaison, the report calls the concept of perimeter security surrounding Canada and the U.S. as one of many ideas characterizing government action and policy as theater, which only creates the illusion of security and notes the U.S. has not recovered the confidence it had prior to 9-11 when it was provided uh, the international community with leadership, initiative, and global standards. Rather than in the aftermath of September 11, 2001 attack, the U.S. states descended into a paroxysm of rage, jingoism, and bravado that forced all policy and relationships through a national security filter. Another point brought home in the report is the fact that while Canadians and Mexicans view access to the U.S. as being integral to their national prosperity, the U.S. harbors no such illusions and will always hold the Trump hands, stating, for the Americans there is little willingness to endanger national security, no matter how minor the risk by enhancing the prosperity of others. Now, and this is only the surface of it. The fact is, though, see, they've already, and they have for quite some time, it's been in the media here, that the, the U.S. intelligence services and the Canadian intelligence services have been sharing the data of all citizens for quite a few years now, all of the citizens, and under the guise of security for both countries. Even if you're not even moving one mile from your home, never mind the border, the fact is they're checking up on everyone. But the Americans now have asked uh, to have access to interested individuals or interesting individuals to the U.S. government. And that's anyone who's spoken out against any of the policies of the government. That's what they're looking into. So we're, we're going really into the Stasi system so quickly now. And the public, of course, are watching their TV and their soaps and, and their comedies and their sports and are, and are generally oblivious to it. These are the non-participants in life. That's what I call them. They've been called many things before down through history. And they'll always be here. But it allows all of this stuff to be rammed through. 
And, of course, they don't have to worry about uh, being of interest to the U.S. because they're, they're really, who's going to be interested in people who are just basically sitting on their chairs day after day watching television and prattling on about the, the regular news, etc. With, and they're quite happy with it all. Anyway, I'll put this whole article up and the PDF as well. You can look into it. And even this article here, which is from a, a think tank, which is more left-wing, plays the left-wing side, is really, they really want us to give more cash to Latin America as we become broke in Canada, which is crazy too. So both sides, I say both wings of the bird, left-wing and right-wing, belong to the same body. Never forget that. And it's got the one agenda, and those that govern it are always behind a shield which covers the body. That's what the shield is there for. It protects the body of those who really govern the system. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and and talking about the reality of this world as we go towards a big agenda. And, and you, need, you need all the crises to make it happen because the public must believe it. That, that way we look for answers and problem solving and the government comes forward and unrolls these long scrolls written by lawyers. And, uh, and of course, you give away all your rights, all your sovereignty along the path. That's part of the how else can you get to a world government? How else can you get there? You have to make folk give up their sovereignty in return for something, even if you give them empty promises in return. And that's about all you're going to get, really. Because they've already told us through sustainability and all the organizations attached to the United Nations that we're going to live in a much poorer condition than we are today. And at the same time, we're financing third world countries to come up to a higher level as we go down the tubes. I mean, that's suicidal, but it's meant to be. It's meant to be suicidal because uh, that's the way it was set up. There's, there's a method to the madness, and of course, the, the fox is in charge as always. But for the general public, we must be fooled into giving up all freedoms and rights. And it's an old story too. You never know what you've got till it's gone. Believe you me, all those who are not involved, you'll, you'll really regret the facts that you're, you're giving up your nations. And how on earth, it's bad enough when you live in large countries like Canada or the States, uh, how on earth can the average person get a, a, a say uh, to their politicians in their federal governments except through the supposed representative that you send off to the, the capital cities? I mean, it's so incredibly remote that it's, it's pretty well pointless as it is already. But at least they must go through the deception of pretending to speak for you or the constituents. Or also say, well, I can't do what the people want. I represent. I must go along with the party. And that's why they have parties. That's always what they tell you. Well, we can't. We know that people want this, but you see, I have to vote along with the party. Uh, so, so what's the point in voting them in in the first place? It's all a guise, you see. It's a guise. And since all top politicians across the first world countries have been put into power by this organization that's called the Royal Institute of International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations uh, for a hundred years, according to Quigley, who was their official historian, uh, then they have their own agenda. And it doesn't matter what all the junior politicians do. They're allowed a certain amount of competition to fill their own pockets and get up the ranks. That's all. Uh, but they don't make the final decisions. You always make sure the guys at the top of your own. And that's where we are. Now, they want the global economy 
And I've all, I used to wonder as a child, even starting off with the human race, I said, what's a funny word to use for people? A race. And I always thought of a race as something like a start and finish line, and you're competing against everyone else. And then they talk about true uh, competitiveness and, and economics. And we're all supposed to grow up and be taught at school uh, and how to compete with each other and then leave school and go and compete with others around us plus other countries as well. Well, who, who created this system? Did anyone that you know ever say, I, I, I want to compete with everyone. I really want to compete my whole life long uh, just with other, everyone out there. Well, this is a race, you see. It's a race to the bottom. It's how ridiculous a system. This economic system is supposed to be there to serve the people, not the other way around. It's never been that way, of course, but it's a nice thought, isn't it? It's supposed to satisfy the needs of the people themselves. We are run by banksters, and these banksters have been in power for an awful long time, an awful long time. And again, you've got, you've got to read the books by Professor Quigley, Tragedy and Hope, and the, the other book, uh, the Anglo-American Establishment, to see how this system really works, how old it is, and you'll understand why everything in the past hundred years and more has happened that way. Because they set up the future, they make the events happen, they come in with the answers to get further along on the road to their agenda. And they're well on course right now. They haven't been delayed at all. They're, they're right on where they should be at this moment. Now, they did want Canada and the U.S. merged, actually, by 2012. They actually said when they came out as the Council on Foreign Relations of Canada and the States on television in Canada in 2005, uh, they, they admitted they drafted up the treaty for amalgamation, the whole lot, the charter. They, they were the ones who drafted it up for the government that the president and prime minister signed into law. And they said they had five more to do. That was up to the year 2010 for the major parts. And they've all been done as well. So they've still got a little bit to go to finish off the job, but a financial crisis is the best of all. They even had articles out from the CFR saying that we can use this disaster in the U.S. to our advantage. And uh, under the guise of security, they came up with uh, the prosperity and security partnerships, etc. All this stuff for deeper and deeper integration. And I lived through the European Union and listening to the terminology they use there, and it's exactly all the same stuff. Deeper ties, closer ties, deeper integration. So we're supposed to be amalgamated completely, and we'll see how that goes. And at the same time, that's happening. We're supposed to go under the ones who will sort it all out. Now, most folk think directly of the United Nations, which technically uh, all your laws are come from these days, even building codes and uh, environmental codes, all the rest of the stuff your government's implemented, all comes from the United Nations across the entire planet. So they are the embryo of a world government. They also help advise all the NGOs on what targets they're supposed to target next. But under them, and along with them, you have the big boys, the real bosses, which is the, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements, the International Monetary Fund, and a few others. These are supposed to eventually dominate the planet and be a control factor over the general public. Cash is a control factor. You either eat or you starve. And the division of labor to different countries as well. It's part of the whole world free trade deal. And they're really ramping ahead right now. I'll mention the global economy and Geithner over in Poland right now, telling the European leaders to get on with it and bail out Greece again. Back with more after this. 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about this big banking system and the fact that uh, the central banks, the private central banks, were a big, big part of setting up the power structure so that a few could rule all the rest. And that's what they've been doing for an awful long time, setting up central banks and even setting up one for the whole of Europe now, you see. And then after that, you've got a super one above them, which, again, is the one that is the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements. It's really both together. They're really one. But that's the system they're bringing in. And at the same time, they're telling Europe, now that you've all amalgamated, you've got to compete with China, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, because how can you, you, you couldn't live for a day on the paycheck uh, of, a, of a Chinese laborer over in China that he earns in a month. I mean, I mean, you spend that in your taxes, or more than that in your taxes for a day uh, in Europe. So it's utterly ridiculous talking about competition. But here they go again. Uh, here's the U.S. Treasury Secretary. Now, what's he doing over in Europe telling them what to do? Timothy, see, we're global. Folk who can't get it. Timothy Geithner has warned European leaders to stop the loose talk about divisions over how to solve the Eurozone debt crisis. What, what de- they keep throwing money into this massive black hole, like they're trying to plug something that you can't quite see. And it's, it's, a, it's a scam, of course, to, to further the crisis. And they come out with the big solutions, of course. They've already done part of it where the IMF is going to take over all bookkeeping of every country. Instead of you doing it yourself, they'll be doing your books for you. Speaking at a closed meeting of Eurozone finance ministers in Poland, all these, you know, uh, ministers are actually politicians are appointed there. He's reported to have told them that the divisions were very damaging. Eurozone ministers delayed a decision on Greece's next bailout loan. It's like trying, it's like being outside in the sea, isn't it? And this ship has got a hole in its side, and, and you keep throwing billions of, of euros at them. Uh, hoping it will drift towards the hole and plug it. This is the kind of farce that we're told is the best you can do in economics in this day and age. But we're supposed to believe this rubbish. But the money goes to money heaven, just like all the, the, the money that went in from the U.S. too. It disappeared in money heaven, the, the big bankers claim. Of course, they've got the keys. It says, yes, yeah, they did announce an, a tougher economic governance rule. Now, here's, here's what they're really getting at here. And this is to come to the States and Canada and everywhere else as well, as these guys really uh, consolidate their power. Uh, set to come into force for all nations in the European Union from October, they will make it easier for states to be punished for overspending. Now, this was set up, and, and I've read the books from the League of Nations, the precursor of the United Nations uh, after World War I. And that's what they're talking about then, when the banks took over and ran the world, uh, they would punish the nations. They'd also handle all food supplies for the entire planet, make you reduce your populations, or else they would simply withhold the rations, which they would divvy out to you. So here they are, they're going to make it easier for states, they don't call them countries anymore once you're unified in this massive Soviet, and it is a new Soviet, to be punished for overspending. Eh? Really? Isn't that wonderful? How are they going to punish you? Well, they're going to fine you. When you're broke, they're going to already fine you. They're already doing this kind of nonsense. They're fining countries that are already broke. 
Anyway, Mr. Geithner probably said what was very damaging is not seeing the divisiveness in the debate over strategy in Europe, but the ongoing conflict between countries and the European Central Bank. They want to give more and more power to the central bank. He said governments and central banks need to take out catastrophic risk to markets. In other words, they want all the private big markets, which are owned by the big corporate banks, to be funded and protected and insured by the, the taxpayer. Isn't that a wonderful deal? Forever and ever, amen. Isn't that just wonderful? So he's over there telling the Europeans, because it's a big club, you see these international bankers. It's been that way for an awful, awful long time. And the reason that the British government and other governments won't give um, a referendum or a vote on should they pull out of this European sinkhole or black hole, as you just throw your cash at it, uh, they've admitted in Britain, uh, the government has, that it won't give it to the public, this vote for pulling out, because the government knows it would lose. And it says, uh, I can, uh, it says, um, Constituents wrote to the Prime Minister, asked for such a vote and received a reply from an FCO official called Cathy Kerry. And then they've got the, the reply from the government to Cathy. I'll put this up on the, on the website, cuttingthroughthemedics.com, again at the end of this broadcast. But so obviously they would lose it because why would people commit suicide that, 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 that they're, they're dying ten times over bailing out each other all the time? Uh, and it's, they're supposed to go on like this forever? And where's all that money go? Hasn't fixed anything. Who's got it? Questions aren't asked. You'll never get an answer anyway. Never get an answer. And in the U.S. too, the same cons and scams by these international gangsters or banksters are going on. Bank of America's backdoor tarp is called taxpayer-owned because the taxpayer basically, or the government basically owns on behalf of the taxpayer. Uh, Fannie Mae just bought the servicing rights to a bunch of bad loans from the struggling Bank of America. Where does it end? Taxpayers may not realize it, but they just bailed out Bank of America again, this time to the tune of more than a half billion dollars. The uh, uh, Charlotte-based bank was one of the biggest recipients of bailouts funds during the financial crisis, but Bank of America continues to face deep problems related to its troubled mortgage portfolio, and investors have battered the stock, or battered the stock, it says here, which has plunged over 40% so far this year. That's escalated concerns, and that the bank may need to raise more capital. And so basically this is what they're doing. The, um, uh, they're, they're using one of the banks they bail out, and they help finance and partially own, maybe three-quarters own, and get them to buy up the, the bad debts of other ones, rather than announce it to the public with a straight cash award, basically. That's how you cover the same thing. Britain's been at this forever, too, of course. And then in Australia, which is really steamrolling ahead as the, the flagship for the, this particular part of the agenda, the carbon taxes, of course. I'll put a link up tonight to the Greens, you know, the Green Party and so on, and it starts off with global governance. It's the title of the whole thing. And they want to de- uh, democratize the UN, support for the ICC, multilateralism, and uh, and so on. It's got a whole PDF here if you want to go through it to see what peace and security uh, really means in the end. It's total integration under world government, uh, and that's from their own site. This article here, I'll put alongside of it, is a, a write-up about it. And it says that to those people who say that pushing, those that pushing the global agenda are using it and carbon taxes for world government as a conspiracy theory, I think should take a look at the green, the greens policy titled global governance. 
and it says, I want to basically abolish the, uh, it wants to basically abolish the, I want to basically abolish the UN or at least remove any legal powers it has. I want to ensure the sovereignty of Australia and want Australians to be governed by a democratically elected Australian government. The Greens want to strengthen the United Nations and they want a world government. You see, they've been run by another branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs and CFR, which is called the Fabian Society. They run the so-called left-wing politics and uh, they've had lots of Fabian uh, socialist prime ministers in, in Australia for the last few, including the present, and they're, they want austerity and poverty for all, basically. They'll be happy when they can go around in their big uh, Cadillacs, no doubt, in the future in limousines, throwing pennies out the window at the people covered, in, well, wearing rags if they're lucky. Uh, that's what they're going to bring Australia because they've brought in this carbon tax. It's going to be introduced across the whole world, right down to the personal level eventually, and you'll get your own personal carbon tax as a punishment for, you know, consuming and breathing out air, of course, or carbon dioxide. And uh, the big banksters, again, are already gambling with the free millions of dollars worth of carbon credits they're given to start the ball rolling. They've already made massive profits in Europe on it. And uh, even though the rest of the population uh, haven't been touched technically with it yet, all costs are always passed out in the public anyway. Everything, everything is a scam. I hope you realize that what I'm saying here. It's not a scam by, by chance. It's planned that way by scammers. That's what the world's really all about. That's what even democracy is all about. There's no such thing as democracy. Never has been. It was a front to stop revolutions happening every few years. That's why the public were given democracy. And they had, had the beginnings of all the signs with the, the French Revolution and the rest of the countries, especially Britain, says this will never happen here. And then the Chartist movement, different movements, demanding more rights for the general public. And so they came up with the idea of democracy. Well, just vote these new ones in and maybe they'll make things better. And in my whole life, I have never seen anything get better. Have you? But you're still going to vote again with the nice, the, the new nice faces you present to you to select. And they're all being vetted by the same system for the same banking fraternities. And the same agenda will continue. How can you vote someone into a system that's not meant to work for you? For those who control the money, control your lives, everything in your lives, life itself. Think about it. Now, I could laugh with this one too, because it really shows you what these creeps and cretins are all about. Alan Greenspan is disgusted with American youth, it says here. This is such a laugh. And he says this, In my day, we used to walk 20 miles in the snow to go to war, assassinating Korean civilians and spreading democracy to Asia. We had real threats like communism and none of this Taliban crap, he says. That's according to the former Federal Reserve Chairman Alan Greenspan. Well, kind of. He says, In an interview with Globalist this week, a nice title for the magazine Globalist, Greenspan lashed out against the American youth of today, telling reporters that the younger workforce in the country does not match up to the baby boom generation of the good old days. They're being replaced by groups of young workers who've had regrettably scored rather poorly in international educational matchups over the last two decades. Again, you're supposed to compete in everything, including education. 
the former with other countries. The former Fed man adds that the average income of households in the states headed by those 25 years old and younger has been declining compared to the average income of yesteryear. Well, they're crashing the economy, stupid. Anyway, back to the article. It says Greenspan, Greenspan was 25 back in 1951. Well, he wasn't slogging through snow and often fighting communism, was he? When he worked for a think tank in New York City. Before turning 30, he was chairman and president of his own economic consulting firm, Townsend Greenspan & Co. Inc., where he stayed for over three decades before being appointed, being appointed chairman of the Federal Reserve. He had a lot of wealthy and very influential relatives, by the way, who got him that kind of work too. Last year, 19.1% of the 16- to 24-year-olds were unemployed in the U.S., according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. The rate in 1950 was only 9.6%. That's because things were booming back then. Booming. They didn't have enough labor, in fact. Speaking to the globalists, Greenspan asked that the U.S. would be better off if they just hired skilled immigrants to churn out the hard work that Americans aren't doing. So these are your masters, you understand. And they see you as cattle. And if you ain't producing up to their expectations, uh, they just have you rolled over and they open the floodgates to immigration, uh, which also destroys the culture, which is another thing they actually want for globalism. There could be no old cultures left standing. Well, almost all of them put it that way. Most high-income people in our country don't realize that their incomes are being subsidized by their protection from competition from highly skilled people who are prevented from immigrating to the United States, said Greenspan. He has that this would this take would be to give out, or his take would be to give out green cards to every immigrant that gets an advanced degree in the United States. So, these are the characters who help crash you, uh, bleed you, uh, who profit off you, and then they just turn their back and curse you when you. It's like breaking the legs on a on a cow and then kicking it because it can't get up. You understand? That's what that's typical psychopathic abuse. And that's what these creeps are. I hope you realize they are truly psychopathic. Truly psychopathic. And many of them are from international families of psychopaths too, to ensure that they, they breed the right sort to take over. They have no compassion. It's like Tony Blair. He's off now uh, lobbying for J.P. Morgan. He's a, Tony Blair was a, gave a great psychopathic statement. There's nothing I've ever regretted. And they don't, you see. A psychopath can't regret anything they've done. They have no guilt, no conscience. There's only me and getting ahead. That's all that matters to the psychopath. And they're well on their way. Now, <laughs> I also want to put this up tonight too. I've talked over the years about why worry about foreign countries when your own country is intent on killing you. And I've gone through bacterial and viral warfare programs they've tested out in other countries before their own citizens. i put links up to videos and documentaries about them as eventually 30, 40 years after they tell the public a bit of the truth, a little bit of the truth. And here's another article here. Millions were in germ war tests, that's bacterial war tests in Britain. The Ministry of Defense turned large parts of the country into a giant laboratory to conduct a series of secret germ warfare tests on the public. The government report just released provides for the first time a comprehensive official history of Britain's biological weapons trials between 1940 and 1979. They only got to 79 because the ones after that are still under the Official Secrets Act, including the aerial spraying. 
Many of these tests involved releasing potentially dangerous chemicals and microorganisms over vast swaths of the population without the public being told, just like today. With details of some secret trials, uh, uh, some of them have emerged in the recent years, the 60-page report reveals new information about more than 100 covert experiments. The report reveals that military personnel were briefed to tell any inquisitive inquirer the trials were part of research projects into weather and air pollution, just like today, isn't it? As they spray us and, and like bugs, eh, from the air. The test carried out by government scientists at Port and Down were designed to help the Ministry of Defence assess Britain's, Britain's vulnerability if the Russians were to have released clouds of deadly germs over the country. Well, if the Russians will do that one day, maybe we should do it first in the public and see what, I mean, how crazy can you get? You understand, this is nothing about, the, so, the whole Cold War was a farce. It was a complete farce. That's what it was. It, was. it achieved a lot of things, but it was nothing to do with war, as you thought. In most cases, the trials didn't use biological weapons, but alternatives which scientists believe would mimic germ warfare and which the Minister of Defence claimed were harmless, but families in certain areas of the country have had children with birth defects and are demanding a public inquiry. They used fluorescent particle trials. They actually did use massive amounts of zinc cadmium sulphide, which was banned even in World War I as a carcinogen, uh, so even for warfare purposes. But it's okay to spray on the general population. They had ships off the coast. I've mentioned that before of Norwich, and they sprayed a whole area of of, of the coast with that. They also had aerial spraying as well from low-flying craft, etc., etc., etc. And later on in the article here, it talks about the fact that they did uh, use certain basilis and and uh, even some of them, some of these uh, bacterium mimicked anthrax. So it says these releases came from a, from a military ship, another one who had anchored off the Dorset coast, which sprayed the microorganisms in a five to ten mile radius. Uh, actually, the, 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 what the test did in Norwich covered about 100 or 150 miles north and south along the coast. Also, revealed, and these had vans going around through little villages with the top specially altered so you couldn't see the stuff spewing out the top. Amazing, amazing. And lots of different kinds of bacteria to see who got sick. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and we'll go to the calls. There's, there's Tom from Wisconsin on the line. Are you there, Tom? Yeah, I'm here, Alan, and yeah. um, I just want to congratulate you on a great interview on uh, the InfoWars broadcast today. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of your better ones in terms of the Alex Jones show because you were allowed to really uh, roll with your narrative on what you see happening in the world. I also wanted to tell you that I got uh, some new work, and I'll be sending you some money as soon as I get some uh, cash rolling in. So you can afford to that. that. Yeah. I know you will. Um, oh yeah. But I also I also wanted to say that in uh, in my orientation today at work, um, it became very very clear to me, and I I didn't say much, other than I noticed I, I sort of pointed out that there were more people killed by uh, forklift trucks than were killed by terrorism, and I got sort of one little clip from somebody, but. Um, what I noticed more so than anything is the full um, the full immersion in the false reality. And um, I know you've talked about this in the past, 
but I really believe that it is going to have to be the complete uh, uh, withering away of the false reality for humanity to actually have a chance. Because as long as this system continues to put forth the fronts which create the false reality for the people and, and create the escape the escapism and the comfort in the false reality, yeah. um, we don't we don't stand a chance because as people are dying in their in their beds in the hospitals or having their organs extracted, they're going to be wondering what happened. Absolutely, absolutely. Literally, you have to, if you want reality. I, I've always said it's like jumping out of a plane without a parachute to free fall. You've got to free fall through all the layers of what you ever took as grant for granted as actual reality. And, and go out on your own. You're, you're, it's unknown territory, uncharted, and and literally see things as they really are. And you realize you're living in an organized hell, where you know if, if you want your your if you've got the cash, and you live in different certain countries, you can actually order your organs, and they'll do a match up through the Human Genome Project for the best match. Go out and kill a prisoner, and next thing you know, it's delivered to you. And, and you can carry on for a few more years of your life. I mean, this is happening. This kind of thing is happening where body parts, for goodness sake, are sold. Uh, we are nothing but profitable cattle from birth to death. And once we're dead, too, they sell body parts and bits off you uh, and across the world. I mean, this is incredible, that the, the, the system we're living in, that we think is normal. It's just incredible horror so that a few, really a few, can live high on the hog and keep control of it. And, again, even train you that the next step and the next step is normal because you've seen it in goodness knows how many sci-fi movies or, or X-Files or whatever you've seen it in. You're giving condition for the next step, and you'll accept it quite naturally. You adapt into the, the, the new system quite naturally. You'll think it's the only way we can go, and now it's austerity and, and poverty and still dishing out taxpayers' money across the whole planet to third-world countries because your leaders have signed deals at the United Nations to do so through the World Trade Organization. This is an incredible system of plunder and make-believe that we're all supposed to participate in. When you stop participating in the, the great delusion, you start to see as it really, really is. And only then you've got a chance. Yeah. And, and, and Alan, uh, that, I've, I've gone through that free fall, and to, to an extent, I'm still, I'm still free falling. Mm-hmm. And um, it really is the only way to understand what is happening, and that is to let go of, of those preconceived notions that have been implanted in your mind like a virus. Yes, and that's what it is. It's a virus. That's why they get you young, indoctrinate you, and uh, teach you to compete, compete as you go down the tubes the rest of your life, never saying why. Never even thinking why. You think what's normal because everyone else is doing it. Simple as that. Thanks for calling. From Hamish Mustafa from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. And remember, go to my website, cuttingthreemates.com, and buy the books and donate. So hopefully I can take along a bit longer. 